Good evening, sports fans. Mike Wilson, a.k.a. 25, Sports Reports is ordered. We are here, and once again, the madness is here. So right now, we got halftime live in Denver, TCU against Gonzaga. That's the sixth seed against the three seed. TCU has a 38-33 lead at the half. All right, now let's get into it. So by my count today, we have two ones and two twos that are joining me on the couch. Those two ones are Kansas and, of course, per don't. And the two twos are Marquette and Arizona. Sorry that your season had to end that way, guys. So, you know, it's funny because I had Marquette losing early. I just had him losing to the wrong team. Instead of Michigan State, I had him losing to Trojangelis, a.k.a. USC. So, how about the ACC? You know, Miami's in the Sweet 16 again. They just got finished disposing of Indiana. This is uh, their second year in the Sweet 16. Last year, they made it to the Elite Eight. Congratulations to Coach Jim Laranaga. And if you don't know that name, he is of George Mason fame. Remember that Final Four run? That was the guy. So, the SEC has three teams in the Sweet 16 for the second year in a row. So, shout out to the SEC. It's not just football. It just means more. You know, and then we're going to start off the day. Well, actually, I'm going to take a step back to last night. You know, when I left you last night, Alabama and Maryland were playing a close game. And then before you knew it, you blinked. And Javon Quinterly, I brought him up at the end of the show last night, and he went bananas. So, you know, they ended up putting the hammer down on Maryland, as they should have, unfortunately, for my home state. You know, so that was, you know, Alabama is in the Sweet 16 against San Diego State. Do not sleep on San Diego State. I fully expect Alabama to win that game, but San Diego State's going to be a tough out with that defense. So we'll see. Xavier and Pitt started off the day. This is Xavier's first six, Sweet 16 since 2017. Sean Miller is back. Therefore, Xavier is going to be back on track. And in these next couple of seasons, they're going to be making noise. Sean Miller is a great coach who got caught up in scandal when he was at the University of Arizona. And it's kind of funny now looking back at it because now NIL is legal. So everything that he was doing was legal now under now's, under the, today's rules. Same thing with Will Wade, who just got the job at McNeese State, you know, when he was at LSU. Same thing. All right. So difference in this game. Guys, do me a favor. You have to share the ball. Xavier had 17 assists on their 19 baskets, and Pitt had 11 assists on 27 baskets. So what that tells me is Pitt was playing a lot of ISO. Xavier was moving the ball around and making the Pitt defense work. But what the funny part about this is in the second half, Xavier had a period where they went 7 minutes and 22 seconds without a field goal. Pitt just couldn't take advantage. You know, but at the end of the day, the ball movement was just too much. So congratulations to, Z congratulations to Xavier. You're on your way to the Sweet 16 to meet up with the Texas Longhorns. Two against three. That should be a good matchup. Whew. Okay. I've been preparing myself all day, so I'm just going to roll with it. The Kentucky Wildcats and the Kansas State Wildcats. I remember a few years ago... Kansas State came through and crushed the buildings when UK had an easy run to the Final Four. And then that didn't happen in the Sweet 16. Kansas State went on. They lost in the Elite Eight, you know, right after that. But today, 
today. Antonio Reeves and John Calipari, please step to the carpet. Both of you off with your heads. So Calipari allowed this man to go one for 15, including, he, you know, he missed the first 14, so he made the final shot to finish with three points. You know, some would say he should have been off the court sooner than that. I agree. I mean, shooters got to shoot, but at some point you just start to get ridiculous. And Jacob Toppin, who's supposed to be a team leader, one for seven, two points. As always, Oscar Shibway shined. You know, in the first half, he had 11 points and 11 rebounds. He finished up with 27 and 18. And they lost 27 and 18. Why did they lose? Because I told you about Marquise Noel. He came through with 23 big points. And my, Kansas State saved the best for last because they started out awful from the three-point line. They went 0 for 13 in their first three-pointer, in their first three-point attempts. But... They hit two very big ones near the end. And Kaysen Wallace, shout out to you because you are a man. I'm seeing the NBA comparisons to Drew Holiday. I questioned them at first, but I'm starting to see it now. Coach Cal, you got to sub these guys out. Coach Cal, you got to stop yelling. Just coach. You don't have to yell. Just tell the guys where you want them to be, what they need to do. Put them in the positions to win. And by the way, give Adu Thierro some minutes here and there. You know, that would help out a lot. Kentucky started off the game wrong with 11 turnovers in the first half. So what this game proved, it goes back to what Doc Rivers said a few years ago. It's a make or miss game. You know, like at some point, Kansas State was missing. They made when they needed to. Kentucky just fell. And even on a day where Kentucky shot the free throws pretty well. So, Oscar, this is not on you. But I will say, you dribbled the ball entirely too low. There were too many times that K-State defenders were getting in there, stripping the ball away, straight up taking it from you because you had it at your feet. You know, speaking of K-State, Marquise Noel, he surgically destructed that defense. He came down, I mean, no look here, no look there, behind the back, three-pointer over Oscar. He earned his name and whatever he's going to get out of the NBA draft today. That's Marquise Noel. Keontae Johnson had a pretty quiet game speaking. And like I said, Kansas State went 5 for 21 from three. But, but they hit the ones that mattered. So now Kentucky's on their way home. Got Dewan Wagner coming in next year. Dewan Wagner Jr., that is. So I'm looking forward to next year because I have nothing else to look forward to this year. So you got K-State in the Sweet 16 against Michigan State. Tom Izzo took out Shaka Smart and the Marquette Golden Eagles. You know, this was a great game, too. Michigan State started out with a big lead. They were up 27-13 uh, to 13 at one point. And then Marquette just came back. It felt like they hit three after three after three. Sparty came into the game, the third best three-point shooting team in the nation, and they finished this game two for 16. Started one for 15, hit the last one. So, you know, they didn't need it because Tyson Walker had a game. Masoko had a game on defense, including a key block with about a minute 59 left that was in dispute on whether it was a goal 10 or not. I think it was a clean block, kind of one of those bang-bang plays. If they would call it goal 10, then I would have liked to, them to review it. But I think eventually, you know, looking back at it, I think the call was right. But Michigan State came out 
and they closed the game on a 13-5 run, including Sissoko, with four rebounds and three blocks in the last three minutes of the game. So side note, Tom Izzo just passed Jim Beheim of Syracuse fame with 16 wins as a lower seed in the NCAA tournament, which is the record. Kind of funny common theme there. They both only have one title. Why is that, you ask? Because they've had success in March. But maybe it's because they're the lower seed a lot. You know, that could have something to do with it. UConn and St. Mary's. Alex Dukas, I hope you're okay. That was a scary injury. Middle of the first half, he just, no contact. Just started grimacing and grabbing his back. He got up, fell back down, had to get help carry off the field, off the court. So hopefully you're okay, Alex Dukas. You know, that hurt St. Mary's because he was the guy that can spread the floor. He averages 13 points and is a 41% three-point shooter. So having him out of the game, no bueno. And then, you know, you got Adama Sanogu with 24 and 8. I would love to see him and Oscar match up one-on-one. But Adama Sanogu was the UConn offense that kept them afloat in the first half because St. Mary's came out with a little bit on fire. But what ended up unfolding well, St. Mary's was very good when UConn's defense wasn't set. They could get to the basket at will. But once defense got, once the UConn got that defense set up, ah, he poor besito. So, you know, UConn, Arkansas should be a good game. You know, Sweet 16, Arkansas took out Kansas, of course, yesterday. So don't sleep on them. This is going to probably be the best Sweet 16 game that we get. Creighton and Baylor. Woo! Baylor, I told you about that defense. They looked so confused and pitiful out there today. Creighton just had a day, didn't they? 11 for 24 from three, 22 of 22 from the free throw line. They ended up plus 18 in the three-point category. And yes, I did say 22 out of 22 from the free throw line. This game was not as close as the score would have you, have you believe. Baylor did fight back. LJ Cryer ended up having a game, and this is the first game all season that they've lost, so 11-1 now, when he scores at least 20 points. So Creighton, first of all, I want to take a second to give Baylor Shireman of Creighton some props. He's made a three-pointer in his last 45 games, and including a school record for Creighton, 35 straight games. So the story here, just like the Xavier game, assists. Creighton with 13, Baylor with 5. So, you know, Bryce Drew, I never really noticed it before, but he's such a whiny coach on the sidelines. I mean, I don't know how the players are supposed to react when the coach is acting like a petulant child. You know, FDU, FAU, the FU Bowl. You know, so Florida Atlantic pulls out the victory. They're going to the Sweet 16 to meet up with Tennessee. That should be a great matchup. You know, um, FDU, they came out and started 8-32. for 32. So they took a while to get warmed up. When they did warm up, they got warmed up. This game was back and forth topsy-turvy. You know, turnovers galore, rebounds galore. And I don't know how this team is getting all these rebounds when their average height is 6'3", but somehow they're doing it. You know, they're the little engine that could, and they made it all the way to about a minute and 34 seconds left. That's when FAU hit the dagger. Then there was a crazy sequence, down six with 27 seconds left. FAU goes to the free throw line, misses both free throws. Dimitri Roberts comes up the court, had a game tonight, 
And then he went Tyus Edney on us from end to end in three seconds. And then he blew the layup. So FAU ended up holding on. Both teams went nine for 31 from three, but FAU had eight more free throw attempts. So FAU, ladies and gentlemen, in the Sweet 16 against Tennessee. And then the game that just concluded before this Gonzaga TCU game, Indiana and Miami. Miami came out blazing right away. You know, they came out shooting 55% in the first half. They had 10 points apiece from Nigel Pack and Isaiah Wong. They had a 28 to 15 lead. And then TJD, Trace Jackson Davis, who I keep talking about as Indiana's only threat. He came out with 11 points in the first half. And then the second half started. Indiana took the lead within the first two minutes of the half. It looked like they were back. It looks like they were going to compose themselves and get out of there. Mike Woodson doing a good job getting them back into the game. But then Miami went on an 18-3 run in the mid-second half, and that kind of blew the doors open. So Miami and Houston is your Sweet 16 matchup. Finally, we have TCU and Gonzaga right now. That's what I'm watching. So TCU started up with a 10-point lead with about uh, 7 minutes and 34 seconds left in the half. Gonzaga, scary. They missed six free throws in the first half. So as I turn back to the game now, with about 15.50 left in the game, Gonzaga just hits a three. And let's see, the score is now 46-45 Gonzaga. So Gonzaga has fought all the way back and taken the lead. Drew Timmy kept them afloat for a little while before Rashir Holton started to get engaged into the game. So right now, keep an eye on the fouls. TCU has two fouls already in under five minutes of the second half. Gonzaga has none at this moment. So what, do, what does it all mean? It means that the rubber's meeting the road and we're starting to get rid of these high seeds and now we're starting to see some more madness in the second round. Now we have Sweet 16 starting on Thursday continuing on Friday and then before you can blink TCU just hit a three Mike Miles Jr. he's been having a game so far but you know then you get to the Elite Eight on Saturday and Sunday so you know it's going to be getting to the end here sadly you know this has been a great march so far and I don't want to see it go but I'm just loving all the action bring the games on we got a tied game in Denver 48 to 48 TCU bringing the ball up the court so, you know, I wanted to take a second and unpack some of this. So Creighton came into the season top 10 ranked, started off slow, but I can't even really call it a slow start. They just played good teams really early. They played a tough schedule and they lost some games against good teams. So I think people wrote them off and gave all the credit that they were supposed to give to Creighton to UConn. You know, so UConn is in the Sweet 16 now. And, you know, I do want to take a second. TCU's up 50 to 48. I do want to apologize to TCU because I came in saying that they've been overhyped and they look like the real deal right now. You know, not just because they're doing this to Gonzaga, but, you know, they've been a good team. You know, they beat Kansas State in the Big 12 tournament. So TCU is legit, I guess. You know, uh, we'll see if they can finish this off, but they're up two right now. Still a long way to go, 14-22 left in that half with Drew Timmy arguing with the refs. But, you know, Miami, you know, as I said, they can be a dangerous game for Houston because they can score at many levels, front court or back court. And, you know, if Houston plays anything like they played last night against Auburn, they're going to be going home, unfortunately. So, you know, FDU, do not hang your head. Even though you didn't even belong here because Merrimack lost the conference tournament, 
they did not give up tonight. Every time FAU tried to pull away, they were right there. So FDU, good job. New Jersey, stand up. You know, feel good about yourselves. You still got Princeton left because Princeton's going to be playing Creighton. Now, if Princeton can win that game, all bets are off. Who knows what's going to happen? Because, of course, St. Peter's last year of New Jersey was the first 15 seed to make the Elite Eight. So could we really have a 15 seed go to the Elite Eight in back-to-back -back years? I am here to find out. So I'm going to be coming back to you all on Wednesday night with a preview of the Sweet 16, you know, as we get down the road to the Final Four. I can't believe it. You know, this first week has gone by so fast, and it's just been awesome all the way around. So with that being said, you know, I know a lot of the message board fire is asking for John Calipari to be fired. I don't know if you want to fire him with Dillingham and Wagner coming in next year. So give him one more year. And if he doesn't make it to at least the Elite Eight with those two next year, then we might have something to talk about. I've also heard uh, Dustin May, Dusty May, the coach at FAU, could be a contender for the Notre Dame job. So, you know, he's going his way to the Sweet 16, so they can't talk to him just yet. So we'll see what happens. You know, um, I think FAU can beat Tennessee just because Tennessee's style of play allows teams to stay in the games. You know, they put the clamps on you, but their offense doesn't always click. So, you know, if FAU can hit a couple of threes early, build some confidence, Tennessee could be in trouble. I still think Tennessee wins that game as of this moment. I might have a different answer for you on Wednesday once I crunch the numbers and all that good stuff. But in the moment, I think Tennessee's going to pull that off. So <clears throat> where does Kentucky go from here? Who knows? You know, who's coming back next year? Is Shibway going to come back? He has another year. I don't think so, but we'll see. You know, I don't know what's going on with my voice there. I apologize for that. You know, but uh, UConn and St. Mary's, <clears throat> UConn, you know, has this game with Arkansas. Like I said, I think it's going to be the best game of the Sweet 16. But I'm interested in the coaching matchup, Musselman against Hurley, Danny Hurley, that is. So Danny and Bobby Hurley both have, before this season, when uh, Danny Hurley has made it to the Sweet 16, both Hurleys hadn't won a tournament game at their respective schools. So, you know, if UConn would have lost today, I'm sure we would have heard his name on the hot seat coming into next year. I don't think they would have fired him, but keep your eye out on ASU because I still don't know if Bobby Hurley's going to survive or not. So Gonzaga has the ball. Drew Timmy with the ball in the high post for three. Gonzaga for three. And he gets the ball. Oh, no, it bounced off the side. So TCU's on the fast break now. Miles, oh, block shot. By Timmy, Gonzaga's on the fast break all the way to the bucket. Yes, and it's 50 to 50 now. And, you know, that's one of the things that I've noticed in this tournament is that I'm getting real pissed off at all these fast breaks and people not passing the ball, going up one on three or, you know, whatever. Like, you know, you got a teammate for a reason, pass the ball, you know. But, you know, um, Xavier, you know, the Big East, you know, with two teams in the Sweet 16. So, you know. Or three teams, counting Creighton. So you got Creighton, UConn, you know, so in uh, Xavier. So, you know, the Big East is doing a good showing this time around. You know, the Big Ten has Michigan State. So let's look at this. My bracket. So Alabama and San Diego State. You know, I had that matchup in my Sweet 16. 
You got Creighton against Princeton. I had Creighton in the Sweet 16, but I damn sure didn't have Princeton. So props to Princeton. I had Purdue against Duke in the East. We're not going to talk about that. You know, I had K-State, but I had them against Trojangelis. So, you know, I got at least one of them. You know, so K-State was my pick to the Final Four to play Alabama, of course. TCU just went up 52-50. to 50. Over in the Midwest, you know, you got Houston and Miami. I had Houston, and then you got Texas and Xavier, and I had Texas. So if Xavier, I'm sorry, if Texas and Houston both win, then I'm still in pretty good shape because that's the Elite Eight matchup that I had anyway. Over in the region of death. You know, we got Arkansas and UConn. So I had UConn there, but not Arkansas. And then I have UCLA against Gonzaga. So we'll see what happens pending the results of this game. It's been a good game so far. Gonzaga's fighting back. They've clawed all the way back to cut it down to two. So we'll have to see where it goes from here. But as I told you, I will be back on Wednesday for a quick hit to get you previewed for the Sweet 16. Sports Reports is ordered. You should be getting an episode on Tuesday. So, you know, I'll be in touch with you all. Thanks for the support. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. And hopefully Gonzaga pulls this out for the sake of my bracket as Miles Jr. just hits another three. So 55 to 50 TCU. Love you, America. I'm going back to watch some basketball. And we'll see you soon.